I'm Ryan Betson. I'm Max Cooper. And this is more The Players, the pop culturist PlayStation podcast extra. And this week, we continue down the path of the of HBO's The Last of Us with episode three. Max, what's this one called? A Long, Long Time. So, A, this is likely to be the most controversial episode, I think, at least so far, of this show. And I say that because everyone that had a complaint about Last of Us Part 2 and its woke agenda, they're going to have so much fun with this episode. They're wrong, but they're going to have fun with this episode. So this, the key part of this episode uh, is the story of Bill and Frank. Now, Frank, we never heard about and that we heard about in the game. You have to piece some stuff together. Bill, we know about. Disheveled, grumpy old prick who has the, you know, the shanty town of traps. But this... We last last week and the week before we talked about how there was you know minor alterations to the to the narrative compared to the game. Near on everything within this episode did not happen in the game. So I guess before you break into the specifics, what's your thoughts on that, Max? This is this is the biggest tangent. It was good. Like Bill, Bill is a fairly big character when you yeah. when you come across him in the game so it's nice to for that character to now essentially be fleshed out because like you said you there there is stuff there but you do have to work for it you do have to piece it together yourself this this kind of lays it all out and it's a, it's a very um very brilliantly done yeah. it's really it's really good to see such a a prominent character that's quite important to what what happens uh, in, in that in that particular portion of the game to to get some love and really be fleshed out a little bit more. See, for for this episode specifically, what I would argue is this episode is integral to what the show is going, the direction that is going, yeah. um, and what it means. Uh, and I also would argue that it's probably one of the best episodes of television I've seen in a very long time in this its ability to tell this this incredible story in a short time but nothing feels left out everything feels important and it demonstrates exactly what i love about good tv and good entertainment and good media character like that's what i love like i don't like as much as i enjoy explosions and mystery and all those things but what i love and the shows that i love and the shows that i love the most and what the key thing that binds them all is incredible focus on character mm. and i and this episode did it nailed it yeah so this, this to set to set things up the beginning of the episode it essentially alludes to the idea of like hey joel and ellie need to get to bill and frank's so in in the from a gameplay perspective this is the time where you travel from a to b that's not very fun to watch so that all happens in the background and they focus on the story of of, of, of bill and frank I'll let you run through it because I've, I've already done so much talking. So obviously we know Bill. Um, Bill's portrayed as a what they refer to as a prepper, like a doomsday prepper. So he's you know it, it shows him uh, uh, shortly after the the infection spreads. He's like fuck it, I'm going to get his. You know he goes and stocks up on his petrol. He goes to fucking. Uh, so we should specify. Yeah. So Amer- the town that he is Bunnings in, and- the town that he he's in gets evacuated. Right. Yes. He's hiding in his basement. He's waiting. Everyone pisses off, and he's like, "Now's my time." Yeah, yeah. So he, he goes out. You know, he gets his petrol. He goes to fucking American Bunnings. Gets all his shit. 
goes to he goes to um was like the, the the power station turns his fucking gas back on hooks up hooks himself up with electricity goes and builds all those traps so no one can come near him and he's just you know he's living his best life he's sitting there in this what what um like a representative like a, like a governor's house yeah this beautiful white house he's he's sitting there eating his, his fucking meat and three veg and someone, <laughs> and someone falls into his hole pun intended pun intended and this is where we meet Frank. Frank's yep. in his hole. <laughs> well, he's in the hole outside his house at the start of this. Yeah, so a trap goes off. He gets announced, um, finds this gentleman gentleman in, in, in one of his traps, um, essentially welcomes him, like, with much resistance, welcomes him in his house. Yeah. Um, and then... You know, he's, you know, he's constantly, you know, his hand on his hip at his gun, constantly watching this person. You know, he's obviously... Uh, you, you see it throughout the episode. He's very hesitant to let anyone in. You know, obviously, you know, global pandemic, the shit's gone, you know, all topsy-turvy, you know, one has to look out for themselves. So it was such a big moment for him to, you know, let this stranger into his house. You know, he feeds him, clothes him, showers him, does all that stuff and and essentially becomes a a savior and a protector for, for Frank. And then the story uh evolves as to how those two you know their relationship blooms they they begin to live together they they begin to care for one another and they they help each other through such a dark time uh which is such a and they and they tell it in such a fantastic way so, so we're not going to sit here and tell all the beats of the episode that's not what, what yeah. not what we do if you if you want to if you want that watch the show so to add to your point what I love about this episode is a number of different things, and I'm gonna talk. I'll talk. Um, you jump in whenever, whenever you need. Yeah, so yeah, I'm gonna. Probably, I'm just probably gonna start talking because I have a lot to say about this episode. Um, I love it in the premise of, well, what does a doomsday prepper do when doomsday happens? Like that as a concept is really interesting, and that's what we set up at the beginning of the episode, and what we see is the beginnings of someone who thought that they were going to see through the end of times by themselves. And they prepped for that. They planned for that. That was what was expected. But then we learn very quickly that that is a shield. Like that is, that is uh, Bill putting up walls within himself to keep himself protected. Uh, whether it be emotionally, whichever, because we start to learn that there's a history with him that we don't get touched upon, but there's a reason he is who he is. And then we see someone who comes in and disarms him, takes away that wall, shows him love and kindness that clearly he was needing. And one of the things that the, the, the last of us is always, you know, they talk about it, you know, what, what is the game? What is the show? And it's not, it's not a zombie. It's not a zombie show, not a zombie game. It is, but, but at its, what it's truly about, it's, it's a story about people, but most importantly, it's a story about love. We see the, the growing love and affection between a father and a daughter, whether it be through Joel and Sarah and then Joel and Ellie. We see it in Left Behind with Ellie and Riley. We see it here in the show with Tess and Joel. And we see it in, you know, the other connections that we see. That it's, it's the one thing that binds us all is it's love. It's the one tangible, un, like things that we can't touch that we all need as people. And 
with this episode, what we see is that essentially it is in a world of utter despair. The horrific shit is happening at every corner. The start of the episode shows Joel and Ellie going, well, here's a fucking mass grave. Not even sick people. They just didn't know what to do with them, so they killed them. Mm. So they set up this idea of the world's fucked. But then what we but then we get told a story of hope and happiness and love. People coming together even in the grossest of times. And then we start to realize that what what is in like what it tells us what's important is not what we have it's who we have it with you know because mm. they, they in this world they have the simplest of things they don't you know it's, it's, there's not much around it's not end of times there's no playstations there's no you know social media to to share the great shit that you allegedly do on the weekend it was just down to simple living and because that's the thing so what bill had planned he was planning himself to survive not to live so by having frank come in showed him how to live again you know we see we to see them them grow old together and you know when they have the littlest like the tiffs about let me just make this the place pretty let me paint the house let me mow the lawn let's have some love for the things that we love Mm. um and, it, and then the the moment that got me so good, because Nick Offerman is fucking exceptional as Bill. It, so there's a, a lovely surprise that, that Frank has for Bill, where he has been growing strawberries in a particular area. And, you know, once again, the little things in the 15 or so, X amount of years that this, this global catastrophe has happened, because... You know, what we see with Bill is Bill, how he shows his love, how he shows, because he's clearly not, it doesn't verbalize it. It's not him. He does it through gifts, through acts. And for him, food is, is a way that he expresses love and care. So to have Frank come and give him just a small, what would we consider now a small delicacy? Not even a delicacy, we just fucking buy it. Like, but in this time, like, just the idea of a strawberry is huge. And Nick Offerman lets out that little Ron Swanson giggle, and my heart fucking melts. You know what I mean? It's just seeing pure joy come out of someone, of something so little. But, you know, as I said, it's just that it's, but it's more than just the strawberry. It's what it meant. It's, it's, it's a nonverbal way for, to Frank to show to Bill that he loves him. And, you know, and then, Bill shows that he loves him in his own way too. And then we sort of see shit go down and we, when the Raiders come and what happens after that. And and then we get into sort of what is their final hours. Because um, in the game, we know that Bill survives out, out of Frank. Frank passes, but Bill persists on and dies later. So it's essentially, it's, it's implied that Frank has well, what I would consider MS, right? And it's his mm. body starts shutting down. And Frank makes the choice to be like, this is my last day. I can't, you know, I, I, it's not going to get much better. They didn't have a cure for it before all this. Let me go out on my own terms. And when you, what I love about that 
is that in a world where people could die at the drop of a hat, when you're just seeing utter chaos and death everywhere, to see someone have that choice, that powerful choice, to spend their last day the way they want, with the person that they love, the thing the, 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 what that means the most to them, that is something that doesn't exist in this world. And because once again, it's like, this is my last day and these are the things that I want to do. And they are more of those simplest things. It's just take me over to that little shop that we redid. Take me over there. Let's make a lovely dinner together. Let me drink, we'll drink this wine and then crush up all these meds, put them in, put them in a drink. I go to, I go to, I go to bed and I sleep for the last time with you. I think this, this episode's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so the the way it's shot, also you can you can see those discrepancies as well. So when they're when they're outside of the uh, outside of Bill and Frank's enclave, it's all dark. It's um, very the colors a lot muted. Yeah, yeah. And then as soon as you get inside their compound, it's just like this sunny, bright suburbia. Contrast and goes up. Yeah, it's 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 crazy up until the point of Frank's final day and then everything becomes muted in that area as well because they realize that you know this is obviously such a hard time for for for, for Bill who has spent the the last x amount of years uh w- with this man who had become his partner who um you know, you know you can see that that um Bill as a prepper tried to keep his day-to-day life very routine very similar to what he had before and 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 Frank kind of threw a spanner in that whole thing, and he had to readjust and relearn how to do things, and 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 he had uh, he had the ability to do that because of the relationship that he had with Frank, which was um, told beautifully in this story. Um, you know, they they show there's a there's a there's a point in the um, in the episode where Tess and Joel go to visit them, yeah, uh, to try and set up uh, essentially they have a dinner like, date. In the like fucking tra- apocalypse, they have a dinner date. Yeah, they're, they're, they're sitting out on the front lawn with their with their outdoor a- outdoor setting, and you know, <laughs> Frank's like, "Tess, come, I want to show you something." And Bill's like, "Don't go in the house." The and house. he's sitting there, he's sitting there with his gun on the table, with his hand on the trigger, and um, you know, they're just trying. Joel and Tess are just there to be like, you know, we we have things that you guys don't have, like we have doctors, we have medicines, we can trade. Like you, yes, you guys are self-sufficient, but what if? Yeah. And that's, you know, that, I think that's how Frank gets his strawberries. Yeah. I think they, I think it was a yeah, trade yeah, from, yeah, from, from, trade from Tess and Joel and such a beautiful moment. And then, yeah, obviously, you know, you know, they, they, Frank makes that choice of, he wakes up, this is it. This is my last day. I don't, you know, it's not going to be better. This is how I wanted to go down, and then they, you know, Bill does his best to go and do that. He go, they, you know, like you said, they go to that boutique. He wears the clothes that Frank wants him to wear. <laughs> he cooks the meal that 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 he wants, and they 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 share that that last meal and that wine together. And it's just, it's a very touching moment. It's beautiful. It's an um, it's an it's a also, beautiful episode. It's it's also one of the longest running episodes it's, so far. It's, oh, it's um. It's yeah, it's very, very well done. 
but it is going to be one of those very, as we alluded to earlier, it's going to be one of those very divisive episodes because of the content that it portrays. And I'm I'm just going to put this out now, and this is just controversial. Like, if anyone has an issue with this episode, you're fucking wrong. You are objectively wrong. If you have a problem with this episode because of their use of a same-sex couple, fuck off. Go, just get fucked. Because this episode isn't about that. It's about people and love. And the story would have worked if it was a same-sex couple. Sorry, it's a, 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 you know, a same a heteronormative, right? But I think it means more in a, in a, in a different way. It, it, but the story could still be told either way. But if someone cannot see past that and see what the episode is trying to say, then you're fucking lost. You can go fuck yourself. Because this episode is it's 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 beautiful television. It's exceptional television. Mm. Like we don't rate, but if I did, what, if we rate out of ten, this gets a twelve. Fucking loved, loved this episode. But what, but what this as well is not just what this episode does in and of itself, but what it sets up. And what I mean in that is we've seen that even in this shitty world, there is brightness. So whatever happens post this episode will seem harrowing in comparison. Knowing that those, these two things can live alongside each other Oof. you've seen what the best of this world can offer get ready to see what the worst of this world mm. can offer god this episode's so fucking good oh I is, that I is there anything that you else have to say no I, I, to I, th- say? I think we I think we I think we covered it pretty well yeah it's so so fucking good yeah oh Oh, I managed to not cry. I tried really hard. I got there. I was this thing. I was this Ross on the edge. But no, I. It's, on a side note, by the way, because we're like, well, well, yeah, three episodes deep. I've cried every episode of this damn show. It's painful. It's so good. It's fucking good. But like, we even get a bit more exposition between Joel and Ellie as they sort of build out the world as they as they talk, you know, and wander on through. They learn a bit more about each other. We see the beginnings of them starting to drop. But this is interesting. This is something that I I, I noticed, but I couldn't articulate. I'm here that someone pointed out for me. Ellie here has a bit more of a focus on violence. Like she's always wanting a gun. Like she, when she sees violence happen around her, she doesn't retract from it in the same way that we saw Sarah in episode one. We're seeing her not revel in it, but be more intrigued by it, right? So sort of showing that... Um, part of her brain as a, let's just put it simply part of her brain is more pulled towards that and i think they've done this intentionally to sort of sow that juxtaposition between sarah and ali like that ali is the exact opposite of sarah mm. so like joel's 
or like is it is his affection for her as a father daughter is it misplaced is it not like you know the, knowing what happens in like part two in the game they said this is all feeding towards that i feel that this is someone with a a um a, what's the word I'm for? not a pension for violence it's not the word what's it the not a predilection because that sounds creepy but there's a excuse me this, this she, she has a a, a a desire for violence in some capacity mm-hmm. um so you know we'll knowing what happens in the part two like violence is fucking massive and if they go down that path we're going to see her being incredibly violent so we see that she's someone that will have that did you notice that at all a little bit yeah yeah. It is it is kind of explained to a degree. Because mm. obviously, you know, um Sarah grew up as a normal kid, went to a normal school. Yeah, whereas yeah. Ellie was Ellie was schooled federal at school. a at a federal school. Yeah. You know, they learned how to shoot, they learned how to survive, they learned how to do this. So um there's that that background information already ingrained into her because she's probably um, she was born into this world and Sarah wasn't correct yeah so it's just a she's kind of a um, a creature of a environment at this point in time yes yeah yeah, yeah most definitely so yeah. <sighs> well we want to prattle on for too long is there anything else you want to add about episode 3 no, no, I think that's it. Because the thing I want to talk about is in episode four. Oh, which kind of touches back on to episode three. Yes, it does. I will right, we'll leave it there. Because <laughs> uh, we're about to record episode four, but you won't see it for another week. Um, so, sucks to be you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we should say a yeah, big thank you to the team over at Binge and HBO uh, for providing us the screeners of, of this show, uh, which allowing us to 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 see this early and record these episodes. Um, please let us know what you thought of episode three. Um, I guarantee I'm going to get some hate, hate in the, if someone, anyone does watch it and disagrees with me. Um, and I told them all just to get fucked a minute ago. Um, my point still stands. Um, but I'm sure there'll be some, some beef in the comments, but, uh, yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, if you did happen to enjoy this and you're also a fan of PlayStation, be sure to check out our weekly PlayStation Center podcast called For the Players, the pop culture PlayStation podcast every Monday morning at 8 a.m. on your podcast services, 9 a.m. on those YouTubes. Talk about all the latest uh, and you know news, reviews, all that sort of shit with, through a PlayStation prism. Prism with an M, not an N. Just clarify. Uh, but until the next one, I'm Ryan Betson. I'm Max Cooper. And uh, let's just hope this show also goes on for a long, long time.